Um, hi guys, I go by the name Special Man Ty, and welcome to another episode of Clap Bantan Rant. And ah, oh, I did full of joy, man. I don't know if you can feel my joy and excitement. Really, uh, this is this is not about being reactionary or anything. I mean, you go give kudos to where they do, you go congratulate where necessary. We ball, we ball. Like, oh, I guess so much joy from my heart. I don't feel really content now because, I mean, now we think we really want to see. It's what we want to see. It's what we expect. And um, it was really nice to see uh, the players, you know, especially after conceding. <sighs> oh, boy. Bro, I was making lunch. My, I said, make I make lunch quickly. Come sit down and watch ball, bro. Before I go sit for chair. Um, we don't we don't concede goal. I say, well, these things happen, bro. Before I won, we don't concede the second goal, and then in my mind I was like, waiting, what's the problem? But you know the funny thing is, and I tell you this sincerely, even after we went two goals down, I just feel one calm for my spirit. Maybe not because we did Old Trafford. Everybody knows the Old Trafford now, our fortress. Those things don't happen there. Be you who, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that was the reason. Or maybe it was something else, but I tell you, bro, like, I was, I was unusually calm. And then it'd be like, see, I just extend my spirit of calmness to my players for Old Trafford because I notice, see, we don't lose our heads. And it's what we've been talking about, that big team mentality. It's, it's important to keep that composure, especially for Premier League games. Because, bro, in fact, let me, I make bold to say, that no Premier League team this season go boast of 18 clean sheets. Yes. And we'll be here at the end of the season to see how wrong or right we were. I feel like the deals where Premier League clubs they make, it has made them so much better. There's hardly any team when we get firing power right now for the Premier League. So for you to expect, say, you go play anybody for 90 minutes, no concede, I think we'll not see a lot of clean sheets this season. And... Uh, why are they talk this now? Because I know we'll make we pay too much attention about the early goals now still cause for concern. But we will come to that. For now, I just want to say a very big congratulations to all my United fans out there. You know, easy. You know, it's to take three points. We saw it happen this weekend. I mean, Barcelona went two goals up. Before they knew it, they happened. They did three goals down. Three, two against Villarreal. Arsenal. One minute, as usual, them nah, so they just they concede early. One minute into the game, they don't collect. City almost drew, if not for a big mentality. So I mean, you can see that it is it is actually really really difficult right now to keep clean sheets in the Premier League because uh, so many teams have really experienced players. Not taking anything away from my countryman, big congratulations, Stawo Awoniyi. That was a really big feat right there, even though, say, not against me. Uh, Tao Awoni became the, only the third African player to score in seven consecutive Premier League games. Big, big feat there, uh, only behind uh, Imanuela Debayo. And uh, who'll be the second person? Who'll be the second person? Anyway, but Tao Awoni became the third African to score in seven consecutive Premier League games at the Old Trafford on Saturday. Really big goal there. Mistake from Marcus Rashford. I wouldn't eat. Flash, man. That guy is too fast. You know how fast Rashford did. For somebody like I wouldn't eat to outrun him. But anyway, 
so moving on, uh, Bruno Fernandez is amazing. I see now why a player tec as technically gifted as De Bruyne would come out and say that uh, Bruno Fernandez is the most creative player in the Premier League. I mean, when you check the stats, you realize how true these things are. Bruno Fernandez is, I don't get the word to use, but he's just simply amazing. And you see why he is the captain of Manchester United. You know, because when the incident surrounding the whole Maguire saga came out towards the end of the preseason, and then the coach announced that they were going to rename a new captain, I know say, a lot of people feel different way about that issue. But like what I was telling a friend from last season, there was no way that it was going to work. Harry Maguire is clearly not in the um, coach's first team plan. How do you expect the coach to work with a captain that is not in his first team plan? So as much as he was painful, Maguire himself admitted that it was quite a painful experience, you know, being dropped as a captain. But I think he could, he could accept and he could see that it was the, the best thing to do for the club moving forward. And so I think we should accept it as well. Bruno already has all the traits of a captain. He's already a national team hero. He's already a sure first team starter in a team that is as talented as Portugal. I mean, he is consistent, if not for anything. I saw his stats yesterday and I was blown away. He said that Bruno Fernandes has missed as many matches as he has missed for Mayu through injury, as he has missed penalty. Meaning, say, Bruno Fernandes is never miss reach five, maybe six matches since he signed for Manchester United. I mean, that is elite mentality. That is a whole level of consistency, if you ask me. So, uh, anyway, moving on. Even though, say, we really play well, I still feel like there's a couple of things that we could improve on. Uh, first of all, we still need to learn how to keep focus when the game just starts. I mean, this is just the third match into the season and we have already conceded in all matches and really early in the first half. I feel like we need to be more prepared mentally from the tunnel. I used to watch videos a lot of the old legends, the Roy Kings and the Geeks, and you see how they started to build momentum from the tunnel. You see them, you know, like high-fiving each other. You see them. All those things really count because the league is so competitive now where we say, if you want to come on the pitch and come and read the game, you want to come on the pitch, come see how the openness go play before you decide how you want to respond, you can be cut out just like we did. And you will not always be lucky if you get yourself in those positions. So it's really important for us to keep our head in the game, come in, be ready for competition, be ready for the fights from kickoff. We need to be aware a lot more from kickoff. Yes. Uh, another thing I think that we really need to work on is the fact that we have a first team. I don't know why these things no be rocket science. I never get one coaching license. I've not gone for one coaching training, but I know that it's common sense that if you have a working system, you maintain it. I don't come again, yes, and I don't come to worry Ten Hag because he still has something to work on. There's no way that you have a working system. Bro, 
Marcus Rashford is arguably the best left winger in the world of football today. Constantly, he has shown that his best position is on the left wing. Why do they play this guy center forward? We saw Marcus Rashford yesterday. And then when you see a performance like that, you start to wonder why the coach would even want to. Look, I don't care if players are not available. Play someone else there. Play Rashford as a false. Sorry, play Sancho as a false nine. I don't even care if you bring an academy player and put him up there. I need to see Rashford on the left wing, week in, week out. That is his best position. That guy scored 30 goals last season from that position for crying out loud. So why would you want to change a, a system that is working for you? We saw how he was, he was phenomenal on that left wing. Rashford was phenomenal. <laughs> you know, big shout out to uh, Igwe Tupac. But for real, man, Rashford was amazing on that left wing. Even Anthony self impressed me for the right wing. I mean, but we don't need to wait until when we did two goals down to respond. We need to keep our focus a lot more. We need to start the game with a lot more vim. That's what makes you a big team. What makes what make you a big team? Nobody say the small teams no go play well against you. Now, how you go respond to those situations? You know, talking about responding to these situations, see Man City last week. I assure you that 80 to 90% of Premier League teams for end that game as a draw. Small, small teams like Arsenal, they don't have the, they don't have the mentality. Now, the men, now, this mentality where we talk about, because I watched the game. I mean, when they started, they play 1-0 into late into the second half. I tell myself, the City go concede. And they did concede. But, I mean, you saw how they responded. Not just about the goal. The way they scored the goal. Kai Walker, heavy cross. And then in the interview, he said the cross was not a mistake whether not true or not lie, but he said that he made the cross really heavy so that in case Foden no get him, he go get to the next man. And that was exactly the case. Heavy cross into Foden, first touch, lose the ball, set him, Rodri. No, so that one, not the take I see front of goal. Smashing goal. Took three important points. Became the only Premier League team to get three points in their first three matches. Mentality. It is really important now. These guys, they will frustrate you. You guys really need to watch Premier League games right now with a lot more open minds so that you will really see these things while they talk about. This, everybody good now. Everybody good. See Brighton. After winning, after, after, after winning all those points in their first two matches, I know see everybody go expect say they could just blow away West Ham. Saw what happened in that case. Three goals all replied before they managed to squeeze one consolation goal late in. This is the Brighton that has blown us away this season and last they were simply our class and you know the funny thing about the way the premier league is now you won't believe the xg for that brighton game bro right um west ham won if i'm not making a mistake let me just quickly check the stats and be sure but i assure you that you be blown away by these statistics in that match yesterday uh that was on sunday yeah on Saturday, rather. Yeah, okay, found it. Brighton West Ham. At home at the Amex Stadium. Ball possession. Brighton 78 to West Ham's 22. Goal attempt 26 to West Ham's 6. But West Ham 12. Shot on goal. Brighton's 10 to West Ham 7. Big chances created. West Ham 3. Brighton 7. So a team makes three big chances. Scores from all three big chances. And take three points against a team with 78 possession 
and so it just goes to tell you how competitive the league is now and how important it is for you to capitalize on your goal scoring opportunities and keep a big mentality during the 90 minutes plus whatever added time they're going to add especially now that they've brought out new laws that insinuates that there's going to be a lot more extra time in games they say every time wasted from throwings goal kicks goal celebrations everything that they account for them now accumulate them adam at the end of the game so we gradually get to the era now where we see shorter and shorter celebrations because you know go want the win game come the cc they don't add all those time when i use the run around field they celebrate into 15 16 20 minutes at that time nobody wants to see that uh, i mean i don't think it's it's good for the players well-being that's something we're going to touch on on uh, later on on this episode too because it's important to note that these players are being overworked there's there, there can't be an episode of club band around without band and this week even though um, some clubs escape us we'll still catch some first off on our table for the band of this week those small boys from north london very small club from that very small club from North London, come into the game. You know, uh, this weekend, uh, this weekend, they're really special. And it make me remember one thing when my papa been always tell us. My dad used to always, there was one phrase that he likes to use when we're growing up. My dad would always say something like, in, uh, in the lines of, nobody who first called police case, they win. And this weekend just show us why nobody who, First go police station, the win case. Manchester United, I beg, I beg. Manchester United, Quenu. Manchester, che, 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 No worry, get why they call us the biggest club in the history where football originated from. You know, everything about Man United is blown out of proportion. Everything about Man United is controversy. Everything about my you know, news, now headlines. Eh, now why we be the way we be? Now why we be the club where we be? Now why we don't build and accumulate the history where we don't accumulate? So we no go stop to the be the way we be. We'll only keep getting better. Arsenal considered in the first minute of the game. I think that's something that they need to work on. They've been considering a lot really early, especially at the Emirates. And you know not taking anything away from Fulham, they are a good side. They were a good side last season. They came in from relegation and early on into the season, we were sure that they were not going back. And then you see when a team experiences that level of success and then you see that in the transfer market, they, 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 they're busy. Made a couple of additions, you know, brought in a couple players that have made them better. Brought in Calvin Bassi from Rangers. But Raul, Jimenez, an experienced Premier League striker from Wolves. You know, made a couple of, of, of signings that has only gone to make them better. So we're, we're, we're not taking anything away from them. But I mean, the mentality thing we would talk about, Arsenal not just getting mentality. How do you go into that game? You concede early, fine and good. You manage to score a penalty. And then you manage to score a fluke goal. Because I don't understand the Premier League rules. A player was fouled, head injury, and he was down, gritting in pain. The carry ball goes score, allowed the goal. Then they were two one up, and then shortly after that, uh, Fulham got a red card. 
how do you play against 10 men that you've succeeded in scoring a penalty and a fluke goal against? And then they go 10 man down at home and you still manage to share the point. Mentality. You know, big shout out to Tottenham as well. Uh, we were all really sure that they were going to be their usual bottling serve this season, but so far, they are proving us all wrong. Uh, big shout out as well to West Ham. I mean, they barely escaped relegation last season, so you would expect, and then they, they sold uh, um, their key man in the person of Declan Rice. You would expect that there would be some drop in performance, but so far, they've gone on to win two really difficult games. And they are showing promises and prospects. So, big shout out to them as well. And always some fans out there. Uh, Brentford as well. Brentford, they've really been an incredible side under Thomas Frank from last season. They've been playing really well. And you would expect that with the situation surrounding uh, Ivan Tony. And if you don't know what that is, Ivan Tony was suspended for breaching betting rules. They guy the bet, they gamble. Ivan Tony, they earn how many thousand dollars? I see they find money. How much more us? So, uh, but you know, big shout out to them. They've been able to keep it real without any major signings. They've been winning games, taking points, and been looking promising. Uh, I think that's all the teams that we would clap for this week. Oh, sorry. Posterity, no go forgive me if I forget to give hearty congratulations. Liverpool fans, anywhere you day today, may you find favor. You will live long and you will experience the goodness of God because you have given me joy uncountable. Anybody will know me for a while, no say I get serious problem with Newcastle United. And my problem be say, these boys, don't they, they carry the way? There's nothing wrong in believing in yourselves. And in fact, you cannot succeed as a team without believing in yourself. But I think Newcastle, they don't they, they carry the way to the point where we say, they don't they look everybody foolish. I get problem with them particularly. So anybody where embarrass them, anybody where flog them the way Liverpool do, have my heart. Rivalries aside, Liverpool made me really proud yesterday. I am so excited because the way that game starts, I was hoping for um, Newcastle to lose, not because of anything, but because normally uh, you're in club. Don't show say it be one of the few coaches when know how to beat Eddie Howe. You know they beat him from Brighton. It they beat him even last season. Beat him. I was I was expecting them not to lose. Only for them to get that uh, early red card just after they conceded. And then I was like, ah, today is going to be another terrible Sunday. But then again, it brings us to the memory verse of this episode: big mentality. You need to have big mentality in the Premier League. I mean. A team like Newcastle that have done amazingly well. They have shown that they are a force to reckon with. They have shown that almost they would be counted amongst the big boys in a couple of years' time. It's, trust me, it's no small feat to take maximum three points at their home after going a goal down and a man down. So big shout out to Liverpool fans out there for this week alone. You guys are my guys. Anywhere you see me, view me. Moving on to another really crucial and important topic for discussion on this week's episode. We would like to talk some more about injuries and yellow cards. 
um, we promised in the last episode that we we're going to talk about it because it's, it's something that is really causing a lot of controversy, especially in the Premier League. Uh, they say that the reason why these laws are being coming up is that they want to be able to protect the referees, you know, from player encroachment and all that, which is fine. But I think it's important for there to be a moderation. There needs to be re- regulation. Otherwise, we go spoil the beauty of the beautiful game. Speaking of injuries, we already know how uh, how many games this player has to play, especially players that are in big clubs. You know, they are in several competitions. They play in the Carabao Cup up until the later stages. They play in the FA Cup up in the later stages. They did Champions League. They still did their domestic Premier League. These are a lot of games. Once we get into September now, you see that teams start having average teams start averaging two games almost every other week. These are a whole lot of games. Now to come and say that you want to increase playing time just because of your selfish interest. Yes, I say your selfish interest because we all know that the real reason why the Premier League just they try to extend this game unnecessarily now just for them to continue to sell TV rights. Because I don't understand why, yes, FIFA incorporates the idea for World Cup. And we see, we all saw the limitations of that uh, decision. Then again, don't forget that FIFA is a tournament where we say the team will play from group stage up until the final, no go play more than seven games, I think. Yeah? So how do you compare a tournament that has at most seven games for any team that eventually gets to the final to a league season where they consist of no less than 38 matches, not counting other leagues? You want them to play 90 minutes plus all these extra times. It's crazy, really. And you see why um, a lot of these veteran players, they don't come out and they don't complain. Um, One person particularly that has been very vocal about this issue is um, Rafa Varane. I think he even put out a statement, you know, protesting and complaining. But so far, uh, nothing has been done about it. Uh, Rodri... Manchester City Rodri as well has come out to speak about it. You know, he's spoken about how he himself as a particular player who is one of his coach's most reliable players, he played no more than 60 starts last season. 60 starts last season. And these guys, the league end, you expect say they go go Bali, catch flights and go and enjoy holidays. Before you know what's going on, the, the, the UEFA Nations League is already going on and they need to go and play for their countries. Before you know what's going on, the preseason already starts and they already come, they have already been called back to their clubs. So when you when you when you add all of these things, you see say it's important for them to consider that or those times where they add it. Otherwise, we're going to see a, a, a decreased level in performance. And nobody wants to see that. You don't want to come and watch games where players cannot give their best or players cannot put in all maximum effort because they are fatigued. 
let's not forget that beyond being football stars and international, they are first of all human beings. Human believing machine need to be lubricated regularly. Machine self need to rest. How much more will a human body? I think that um, English football really need to look into these things. Otherwise, it will affect even the national team because naturally you would expect every country in the world pick the best players from their um, from their leagues and then you know they make up the national team. So if you have a scenario where your players are constantly on the sidelines from injuries or because they don't have you know much fitness, it will affect the national team eventually. And then the dream of England never bringing it home may never happen. In fact, if Nigeria go first England, we walk up at this level. If they don't look into these things. So um, that's that. Another thing that needs, we think need urgent attention in the Premier League, and this one particularly, they really, really bother me, now this issue of card. I understand that the Premier League is trying to make the league safe for all. And I also understand that, in fact, there are professionals that know these things better than me. But then again, sometimes you see these decisions and then you begin to wonder, see, do these guys really know these things? Yes, players have been constantly advised against encroaching the referee, you know, to influence decisions and all. No problem with that. But didn't we all know or didn't we all think that the, um, the team captains are usually an exception to this. The team captain is supposed to be able to be there to, you know, protest respectfully, protest a decision. We get VAR nowadays. And we know that it's okay for team captains to respectfully say, Rev, I think you made a wrong call. Can you please check VAR? Or can you please make reference to VAR? And referee will just quickly make call for that. Are, uh, do you guys think that there's something to check? VAR go check, say, Yes, we think that there's something, or no, we're actually sure that your decision is correct. It's as simple as ABC. But I don't understand this one now where you go see a decision will be made. A team captain go respectfully go to protest. Referee don't flash him card. They go foul player. As a player, they down. If you just make any mistake, gesture, say, man, they give the person a foul, you card, card. In fact, it gets some kind of gestures, like, for instance, say, they foul you, you hit your, your hand angrily for floor, card. It's crazy, really. We don't forget, say, now, human beings, they play this game. I be, we, we won't take away emotion from humans. Because now, you they say, make Rashford, for instance, they're on the left wing, caught one, caught two, run into box. You know, one make all those in dashing runs. Then they will come foul him. One kind annoying foul where we say, you go, you go say, make you no know, shame motion because. So I think that needs to be addressed. Players, now human beings too. Players need consideration too. Make them not just say, playing uh, because of say they want to sell TV rights or because of say they want make if these players know they are their best they will eventually come to see say they don't make wrong decision and then you come there you, 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 you come there embarrassing say they don't consider all the factors early before they make the decision in the first place because there is 
at the end of the day, what you go see, what you go see happening now, say, once players don't they reach 28, 29. For instance, let's say a player who is who still has at least three, four good seasons at the top, he go begin the considering options. You start telling himself, Omo, should I be playing this many games at the age of 29, 30? While you still they earn the same salary where they earn. It's not even as if they, you know, like they, they said, okay, for this reason, we are insisting that all the clubs should do an upward review of wages and salaries because of this particular reason. You want them to play more for less or you want them to play more for the same fee. I don't know if everybody could just say, Omo, I'm earning social amounts to play social games. I, I cannot come and kill myself. Now, the mentality where they will end up, cosplay has been that. Because whether you like to believe it or not, regardless of how much passion any player has for his club, no player wants all those life-changing injuries. No player wants all those life-changing We see players have injuries on the pitch that force them to retire. We see players where injuries don't still force them to give up this beautiful game where they love. We've still seen cases where a player that is still good goes say, ah, because I can no longer keep up with the intensity of the league at this age, make I go MLS. <clears throat> because now MLS, where anybody, where they don't give up, they go. And I know some people don't like this one, but not true. After all, we're not in the MLS at 35. Uh, but, you know, but, uh, still on the matter on ground, I still feel say they need to pay attention to these things. For us to still enjoy the top level where the Premier League done the pride himself of having in the last couple of years. So if they attend to uh, injuries and these issues of yellow card, I feel like, say, it will help the players some more. And then um, moving on, you know, earlier on this episode, we talked about how uh, most teams for the, for the Premier League don't improve. Uh, you need to give big kudos to the uh, scouting teams and the transfer units of most teams for Premier League. A lot of mouth-watering, exciting transfers don't happen and are still happening up until the transfer window closes uh, later this month. The Premier League transfers, some of them, they blow me away. I'm not going to tell you lie. I mean, just yesterday, I mean, two days ago, West Ham just confirmed the signing of Mohamed Kudus. And then you start to wonder why West Ham designed Ajax best player. Listen, Ajax, I suppose they compete for the league, especially considering how they misbehaved last season, you would think that, okay, they will want to improve. And then, and you see them selling their best players to teams like West Ham. You see a team like Fulham signing Raul Jimenez. I mean, you see some kind of fantastic, you see a team like Aston Villa signing Diaby. Player where don't accept to leave Champions League, come Premier League, where he knows that the chances of him playing the Champions League in the Villa team is small. It just goes to show you how exciting the league is and how much far behind other leagues they from the Premier League. Big, big transfers don't they happen. Big, big transfers right from the uh, beginning of the transfer window. We don't see the situation with Casado, how he eventually sly Liverpool and signed for Chelsea. Big, big signing, massive fee. British transfer record. Although, the last two games, never really they impressive. But well, what do I care? That one a Chelsea fans' problem to worry about. We've also seen really big transfers um, across other clubs. Man U, 
big money spent. And all this just goes to show you the level for which the Premier League don't they now. So you see why it's important for them to consider the well-being of these players. The league, for the league to continue to be for this level where it did now, uh, these things are really important to pay attention to. You know, but back to uh, the brain behind, back to, back to the reason why we are here in the first place at Manchester United. You see, see what I was saying in the last episode about why it's important for a, um, a big team to understand this scouting business and how it works. You cannot take anything away from Mulan Alvarez. You see the way he's been playing. I feel like Alvarez has been City's best player this season. Yes, I feel like he has been City's best player this season. If you watch City's game, check the reason behind those balls where they even come to Haaland. Now, because of Alvarez's hustle spirit. And then you see how young this guy is and you see how high his ceiling is. And then you project how long he could continue to play at this level. You understand why I am saying that no top club goes and bring in a 20-year-old to come and be your starting man. Yes, man you, we won the game, we play well, but these are still issues where the cause us concern. These are still matters where the warriors. You, 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 you no go fit to bring in that boy. And mind you, when you hear me talk on these episodes, you think I have an issue with Rasmus. I think he is a fantastic signing. He is good for Denmark. He has proven it. Even for Atlanta, where he played very few games last season. Bro, this guy is fast. This guy is faster than Flash. This guy is a goal scorer. This guy is tall. He has the presence to scare defenders. In the box, he has all the qualities to be uh, a top player in the future. But, should he be starting as Manchester United main center forward? I think not. With the Yesse Ngode available for the game against Arsenal, I, personally, I'm really looking forward to him coming back. At least, uh, I know Serie will improve with him in the squad, but I still get concern as to how many games at this level, considering everything where we don't discuss, you know, when you put the amount of games into consideration, the amount of time, games now Ngode past 19 minutes, when you put all these things into consideration and in age and in experience as a first-year new boy for this difficult league, do you really think that he is supposed to be carrying Man U as a center forward? I think you would agree with me that he is not supposed to be carrying Man U as a, as, as a main center forward in this season. And now why are the few say we should have still splashed the cash and bring in another top nine? Players day! Players day! Somebody said that Danny Levy would not have sold Hurricane to us. Fine and good. Somebody said that Napoli put out the bold statement that they were not ready to let go of their top players yet. Fine and good. It is say you don't finish. Go to the Bundesliga. Randall Kulumani is a fantastic player. He has age on his side. He already has playing time. Played in the biggest stage. Almost broke the heart of Argentina in the World Cup final. This is a player that has it all. All the qualities of a striker. He is tall. He has a presence in the box. He is fast. His first touch is impeccable. Sign this guy. There are a lot of players that are available on the market that you can bring in and will massively improve. You don't bring them in. And then you go and bring in Rasmus that is injured. It's it's really a problem, really. I, I, I feel like 
Man United is one of the one one of the most difficult clubs to manage. It's also one of the most difficult clubs to even be a player for. Because everything we do is blown out of proportion. It'd be like say all the uh, accumulated years where my just the excel. It don't really cause a lot of pent up anger. So people right now they really look forward to us, you know, failing and not succeeding. Because I don't understand how everything where they happen for Manchester United they make headlines. Look at that game yesterday. Everybody knows say when you stop. A clear goal scoring opportunity is a red card. We saw the case. Nobody come say Van Dyke red card against Newcastle, no be red card. But I don't see articles everywhere I open where they insinuate say rush for dive. How? Everything where my they do, they blown out of proportion. See Andre Onana, they don't get anything now and bad to talk about this guy because he's been fantastic from the get go. But they go still they criticize him. So you know it's uh, it really it's what it is. I mean it's one of the one, one of the things that you have to endure as a big club and as a big organization. These things would happen, and it's uh, it's up to you how you respond to him. Now, why I think see the league needs to pay attention particularly to injuries. This is only the third week, and there is no top team from. Let me say, as we finished last season, from Man City to Arsenal to Man U, Newcastle, Liverpool, and the rest, none of these teams will get at least one injured player. And this is only the third week into the new season. Each one of these teams, the only team where we no get, just come collect yesterday, Newcastle, where lost Botman. So right now, every top Premier League team gets player where supposedly they are starting 11 where they injured. There's never been a season like this. And if we don't pay attention to these things, it will only get worse. Things will only go downhill from here on. You know, so uh, um, all of these points and all of this analysis just, I think that we, we, we are convinced that this is the way forward for the Premier League to continue to maintain the level that we've always enjoyed and we have seen over the uh, the years um rounding up rounding up on this episode uh we decided that every week would bring you a list of our best 11 we wanted to do a best 11 and a flop 11 but we felt like uh can it be like say we the give with the pepper all these rival teams so much so for now we'll just stick to uh the best 11 so and mind you, this best 11 is, uh, we do analysis, you know, we consider a lot of things. We consider the matches where you play, how your performance for the team, how your performance uh, improve your team, and how your performance particularly influence your results. So um, for this week, uh, Club Bantaran top 11 for the Premier League, we get Alisson for goalposts, Brazil national England goalkeeper, Madikash. Poland, Aston Villa, two goals and really impressive performance. And this other guy now, the person where they are center forward, he go blow in my mind, but now Gomez, Gomez, Gomez really come in yesterday. And I remember when he come in, the, uh, my friend I was watching the game, he was like, What's why Gomez? Which guy? He just a shout. See how you go bring Gomez when he defined goal? But he was, you know, he was fantastic in the game. Uh, Gomez, Gomez, the Liverpool defender. 
And then we get Anderson. Anderson, the only white boy for Crystal Palace starting 11, their defender. He was impressive in that game. Now, why they our top 11 for this week? Then for the midfield, we get Palinha. Yes. No way we are not going to pick Palinha. We come out joy from the faces of my enemies. Palinha was fantastic in the game against Arsenal at the Emirates. Uh, we get Madison, Tottenham, England national. That guy has been fantastic so far for Tottenham this season. Still for midfield, we get Sterling. Funny man. He was impressive in the game against Luton. And then uh, the last player for the midfield is uh, Bruno Magnifico Fernandes. Class. Then for attack, we get Darwin Nunes. Also no way where I know mention Nunes. You know, Nunes gave me my joy for this week. And then we have Marcus Rashford and Erling Haaland. So that brings us to uh, our 11 for this week. And uh, we also would like to uh, give special shout out to uh, the highest performing member of our FPL team. Uh, in case you don't know, we, they, we get FPL group. We encourage you to join and play as well. Uh, La Familia, in the name of the FPL team, of our FPL group. And uh, in subsequent episodes, we go drop the code that you can use to join we also have a head-to-head -head league where we play against each other every week for now no prizes we just play for fun and for banter so for this week our top performer now avatar that's the name of the manager and his team is trojans fc he scored 76 which you would agree was quite an incredible feat for this week we're just past now it was really bloody a lot of our first team players, a lot of our usual performers, they no really perform. So um, to get 76 was a big deal. So shout out to you, bro. Uh, currently, you'll be the top leader. And I wish you all the best. I hope so you will come second behind me. But make we see how they go. So thank you for hanging with us. I mean, we don't take your, um, we don't take your time. We don't take your support for granted. You take our time every week to listen to us. And we are grateful. Before I go, once again, che, 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 queen to all Manchester supporters everywhere in the world. Yes, now we day here. We know say, you know, they happen for Old Trafford. And you know happen. 30 games running, we never lose. And we no go lose. Big shout out to all the other teams who are doing impressively. Liverpool, now try. Chelsea, now they look good. Yeah, City, nobody cares. And uh, everyone else. So uh, until... We uh, until we'll see you again next week. Next week episode is going to be mind blowing because we get very big game, you know, Manchester United against Arsenal. That game from time immemorial, that game now always tussle, and we know say you no know, good day anything less than uh, complete entertainment. This week we're going to watch the game. We'll go out there and watch the game you know, life, find somewhere go so that we go engage with people and then all that will be for the next episode. So we hope that you'd hang with us next week as you've always done. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, I remain your one and only special man, T.Y., on this episode of Clap Bantan Rants. Thank you.